Father in heaven, we bless you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your care and keeping. Thank you for how you led us through the day. We are very grateful. Blessed be your holy name. Father, Lord, at this time we want to study from your words. Please may you grant us your Holy Spirit. Give us an understanding mind that we may know you and understand you better. Please also help us to live according to your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maranatha, September 18. Marked for death. The letters were sent by posts into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day. Esther chapter 3 verse 13. The decree that will finally go forth against the remnant people of God will be very similar to that issued by Ahasuerus against the Jews. When the protection of human laws shall be withdrawn from those who honor the law of God, there will be in different lands a simultaneous movement for their destruction. As the time appointed in the decree draws near, the people will conspire to root out the hated sect. It will be determined to strike in one night a decisive blow, which shall utterly silence the voice of dissent and reproof. The decree will go forth that they must disregard the Sabbath of the fourth commandment and honor the first day or lose their lives. But they will not yield and trample under their feet the Sabbath of the Lord and honor an institution of papacy. Satan's hosts and wicked men will surround them and exalt over them, because there will seem to be no way of escape for them. When this time of trouble comes, every case is decided. There is no longer probation, no longer mercy for the impenitent. The seal of the living God is upon his people. This small remnant, unable to defend themselves in the deadly conflict with the powers of earth, that are marshaled by the dragon host make God their defense. The decree has been passed by the highest earthly authority that they shall worship the beast and receive his mark under pain of persecution and death. I saw the saints suffering great mental anguish. They seemed to be surrounded by the wicked inhabitants of the earth. Every appearance was against them. Some began to fear that God had at last left them to perish by the hand of the wicked. It was an hour of fearful, terrible agony to the saints. Day and night they cried unto God for deliverance. To outward appearance there was no possibility of their escape. The wicked had already begun to triumph, crying out, Why doesn't your God deliver you out of our hands? Why don't you go up and save your, your lives? But the saints heeded them not. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God for the last two paragraphs. It says, I saw the saints suffering great mental anguish. And then the second, the, the last paragraph it was an hour of fearful, terrible agony to the saints. 
So I'm wondering, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. I'm seeing the grand finale of the whole thing. That means there's, that it is possible for us to be saints indeed. If the people that will be at this time, at the very end when probation has closed, are uh, individuals whom uh, the Spirit of God is calling saints, God of all people is calling saints, then then it, it is possible, uh, overcoming is possible, because these individuals, according to, um, according to uh, the paragraph 5, says, when this time of trouble comes, every case is decided. There is no longer probation, no longer mercy for the impenitent. The seal of the living God is upon his people. So, we can be so unified with Christ that we can have this seal and at this time stand against the world. And Jesus himself, through the, through his, the testament of his spirit, calls them saints. I'm joyful for that news. It tells me that there is hope in the right direction. It tells me that I can be that number. I can be part of those people who shall be called saints at that time. Even today, if I should yield myself totally to God. Uh, I'm not uh, excluding all the things that are surrounding them now, but I'm just focusing on that on that name, that word, saints. Saints. Only God can call one saint. And if he's calling them saints, then I know that he can call me a saint if I walk on in faith till that time. Thank you. Amen. Okay, in the third paragraph of this reading, that's page 269, paragraph 4 of Maranatha, it says here, the decree will go forth that they must disregard the Sabbath, that the remnant must disregard the Sabbath of the fourth commandment and honor the first day or lose their lives. But they will not yield and trample under their feet the Sabbath of the Lord and honor an institution of papacy. Satan's host and wicked men will surround them and exalt over them because there will seem to be no way of escape for them. I want to bring this down to our time. This is talking about a future event. In fact, for the next by maybe eight days, we'll be looking at the time of trouble. But just to zoom on this event, how is it that these people will not yield and give in to the pressure from the world to honor the first day and disregard the Sabbath? I think that's one point we need to really force home. The issue of the mark of the beast is not necessarily an issue of resting on the first day. Because we are told by the spirit of prophecy that when that decree is given that the first day of the week should be honored, that we as Seventh-day Adventists should desist from work since the government said so. Is that not so? We are supposed to desist from work. We are not supposed to go against the government's mandates saying that we should rest on the first day of the week. The right thing to do is, if they say, just like every other public holiday, when they give a public holiday, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Observe the public holiday. So if they say rest on Sunday, rest on Sunday. So you see that the problem is not really going to be resting on Sunday. The problem is going to be, after resting on Sunday, you are still resting on Sabbath. Now, from this reading, another decree is going to go forth. And this one is not mark of the beast issue now. The mark of the beast is enforcement of Sunday. Fine. But this is another decree enforcing the disobedience to the fourth commandment. You can imagine that. So another decree is going to go forth saying you must disobey God. You must 
disregard the Sabbath or else will kill you. So the decree will go forth because they will be blaming the Sabbath keepers that it is their Sabbath keeping that is causing all the earthquakes and pestilences and all the turmoil and trouble that the world is going through. Now, if you bring it down to our time, if somebody is blaming you, for example, a child goes home and because he refused to write exams on Sabbath, the mother, these are real situations, the mother says, write the exam on Sabbath. And then the child refuses and the mother starts to get offended and then blames the child and says, you are the cause of my high blood pressure. If you cannot bear your, the world, your mother, blaming you for her sickness because you are keeping God's commandment, is it now when the world is blaming you for all the turmoil they are going through that you'll be able to bear it? It's good to understand the miniature time of trouble that God is giving to us presently. And we should understand a law, which is that he that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful in that which is much. God gives us these little tests now. And you can be very sure that as surely as you pass this little test, it opens the way for you to pass the greater test. But you can even be more sure that as surely as you fail this little test, you are paving the way to do what? Fail the greater tests. So what are the little tests now? Sabbath exams, Sabbath interviews, Sabbath work, common entrance for parents. They are the ones who decide for their children. Here, at least, children write exams on Sabbath. The children don't decide for themselves. It's the parents that take them to the school to write the exams. If parents are already educating their children not to stand for the Sabbath, then they are already educating them that when the time comes and there is a pressure on them to break the Sabbath, they are educating them to break it. There is a teaching that goes around from people, clergymen, that say that on emergency situations that you are allowed to break the Sabbath. That when exams are fixed on Sabbath, it is an emergency. The government put it there, not because they wanted to, but because it's an emergency situation. You are being fanatical if you break, if you choose to keep the Sabbath in such situations. Now, their life is not at stake. No gun has been put on the head. Nobody's telling, no decree has gone forth saying that if you don't, if you continue to keep this Sabbath or if you don't write this exam, we are going to kill you. Yet, they still write the exam. Then what more when your life is at stake? When they say, if you continue keeping this Sabbath, a decree has been written from the government, from the highest earthly authority, because there's going to be one government then, from the highest earthly authority, from wherever, United Nations or United States, a decree will be signed telling everybody, ensure that these people are killed if they continue to keep the Sabbath. My point is, the small tests that we are passing through now, we need to take them as if it is the bigger one. And learn to have faith in this smaller crisis because in the time of trouble, it's a test of faith. It's a test to see whether God's people will hold on to their faith. If we've not been able to learn in the smaller troubles God gives us today how to have faith in him, then we will not be able to learn then how to have faith in him. When we read, I don't want to preempt it because later on we are still going to be looking at the time of trouble in subsequent days. But I'll just say that when we read the chapter time of trouble, we realize that it is 
their faith that is tested. They are not really afraid for their um, lives alone. But of course, they are afraid that if they are killed, are they, is their names written in the book of life? Is all, are all my sins confessed and forgiven and repented of? That is what their mind is going to be on. So today, we need to ensure that the test that God gives to us today, that we pass them. It may not just be in Sabbath issues. Faithfulness in other things too. Dress reform, health reform. Faithfulness in things like what Joseph passed through as in adultery, telling lies, covetousness. By building our faith in standing for the right during such situations, not cheating in the exam hall, not falsifying documents, not falsifying age, standing in fidelity towards God. Those things are building us to be able to have that moral courage, that stamina, that fiber in us. So that when you are threatened, your life is threatened, you will still be able to stand. May God give us, may God give us grace to stand in trouble in Jesus' name. There's a quote here in Councils of the Church, page 268, paragraph 5. It says, Some will urge that the Lord is not so particular in his requirements, that it is not their duty to keep the Sabbath strictly at so great loss, or to place themselves where they will be brought in conflict with the laws of the land. But here is just where the test is coming, whether we will honor the law of God above the requirements of men. This is what will distinguish between those who honor God and those who dishonor Him. Here is where we are to prove our loyalty. The history of God's dealings with his people in all ages shows that he demands exact obedience. Now, if you continue again, the next paragraph, page 269, paragraph 1 says, If parents allow their children to receive an education with the world and make the Sabbath a common day, then the seal of God cannot be placed upon them. They will be destroyed with the world. And will not their blood rest upon the parents? But if we faithfully teach our children God's commandments, bring them into subjection to parental authority, and then by faith and prayer commit them to God, He will work with our efforts, for He has promised it. And when the overflowing scourge shall pass through the land, they with us may be bidden, may be hidden in the secret place of the Lord's pavilion. So God is trying to tell us that his requirements is not something you can say is not, it is not, he's not exact. He is exact. God expects us to obey him. And then we are also uh, we're making a choice here. Do you want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High in the future? Or do you want to give it up for today's what? Benefits or education or job? Whatever it is. Which one do you want? We, we, we quote often Psalm 91, isn't it so? The promise is given to us on this basis. Stand for me today. God is saying stand for me today so that when the overflowing scourge will come, when the time of trouble will come, I will do what? I will cover you. So you will not pass through the plagues. You understand? I will protect you. But today is the day to uh, fit ourselves for that uh, benefit. So... To add to what Bragosin said, if we 
the Bible tells us in Psalm 91 that his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. If we do not even know the truth for ourselves right now, when that time comes, we wouldn't have the shield that God would use to protect over us. So now is also the time for us to spend to get to know the truth as it is in God's word, as it is in Jesus. So are we spending the t our time right? Are we spending it wisely? Are we spending time with God? Are we spending time memorizing scriptures? I think the time to do that is right now. And in the book of Revelation, we are also told that they overcame the dragon, the enemy, with the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And I believe that word is still the word of God. So just to say that it's time for us to get to know the truth of God and use it now to overcome every besetting sin. And when the right time comes, we'll also use it, and the Lord will also use it for us to help us to overcome. Amen. Okay, I want to read Psalm 145, verse 17. Psalm 145, verse 17. It says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. We know that Peter had said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. That that's what God says. Now, God is holy. And all his works, he does it in holiness also. Let's go to the beginning. In the beginning, God created the earth. And he created the earth and everything that is in it in six days. And rested on the seventh day. If what Psalm 145 verse 17 is saying that God is holy in all his works, then everything that he did within the six days of creation was an act of holiness was righteousness exhibited and shown and then he rested on the seventh day and so the seventh day he blessed it and hallowed it and made it a holy day so a holy god did holy things and then rested on a holy day now let us not fall also into why we are going to ensure that we keep the day itself holy as the bible have said but the Sabbath commandment is in, I will not say two folds now because I, God is infinite and the Sabbath also is more than myself. It's an eternal commandment. Uh, but I'm thinking in two phases now. We are to keep the day holy and we ourselves are to be kept holy. We are told in Ezekiel that God is one who sanctifies us and the sign of his sanctification is the Sabbath. When we come to church on Sabbath on the Sabbath day, if we, we are not kept holy by God himself. We cannot keep the day holy. Uh, but the Lord does not keep us holy on the Sabbath day alone. He keeps us holy all through the weeks because we are going to we, are to, we are told in the commandment, six days shall thou work and do all thy labor. But it is on the seventh day, the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it, you shall not do any work. That, that, that. Then he said, he now used his own self as an example. For in six days, the Lord made heavens and earth and this, in that six days when he was making heaven and earth they were all done in holiness and then he rested on the seventh day if that divine example is not followed he will not sanctify us he will not impart in, unto us his holiness 
I will not be keeping the Sabbath. I'll go back to the reading now, where it is said that the decree will go forth that they must disregard the Sabbath of the fourth commandment and honor the first day or lose their lives. But they will not yield and trample under their feet the Sabbath of the Lord and honor an institution of the purpose. I'm reading from uh, paragraph 4. One way in which you trample upon the Sabbath, apart from breaking the day itself, is by breaking the other nine commandments. If you lie, Jeremiah chapter 7 tells us, how will you lie and commit adultery and steal and swear falsely and then come before my house and, and then call upon my name? I will not answer you. That's what God tells them. Then Isaiah 1 says, you are come, appearing before me like a nation who did righteousness. You raise your hand and uh, can clap and, and um, sing praise. Take away from me, Amos 5 says, take away from me the noise of the by all your songs that you are singing to me. Isaiah 1 says, your hands are filled with blood. Blood? What do you mean by blood? Blood in the sense that you hated somebody. In fact, you, at that moment, when you're, when you're even in church, you hate somebody there. You can't sit with somebody around you. You can't greet the person. You can't shake hands with the person. Why? Because you have a feud with the person you have not settled at home. Or you might even be quarreling in your house while you're coming to church. You quarreled with your neighbor while you're coming to church. And all those things are all Sabbath breaking. You love to lie. And you are, you, it is the lies that are paying you in your job. You cannot keep the Sabbath. We are told that the seal of God will not be placed upon an impure man or an impure woman. A man with a false tongue, it will not be placed on him. In fact, it says also that the ambitious, world-loving man. You are not just ambitious. Maybe you might be holy on the Sabbath by the way we measure holiness. But if on other days of the week you are ambitious and you are world-loving, the seal of God will not be placed on you. And we know the seal of God is a Sabbath. That they might know that I am the Lord that sanctified them. So, I'm adding to what my brethren have said before, that apart from keeping the day itself holy, we are to be kept holy to keep that day holy, just like God is holy in all his works, in all our works, in our business, in our play, in recreation, in our food, we are told, whatsoever you do, do all unto the glory of God, or else the seal of God will not be placed upon anyone who has such understanding. It's a high calling, I know. But this is what it means to keep the commandments of God. When God will be declaring to the universe, saying, Here, he's, he's going to present them like an offering. He's going to point to them like people that he, he delights in. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. They don't lie. They don't steal. We are told that the 144,000, they will have no guile in their mouth. They will not have any fault before God. It's not just... That seal is a very precious thing. It shows that you have reflected the image of Jesus fully in all ramifications. That around you is smelling holiness, holiness. The Sabbath is the day whereby we come and take a, um, a draft of holiness and live throughout the week and meet again on another Sabbath and take another draft of holiness and go and live throughout the week again, come back again and take. We are not to come and then come with all our I think the point has been made, and I, I pray that God will help us to um, to keep the commandments as He as He wants us to keep it all the days of the week, so that it will prepare us to keep the Sabbath holy. Amen. Okay. Um.
something else I want to comment on is on the sixth paragraph. It says, I saw the saints suffering great mental anguish. They seemed to be surrounded by the wicked inhabitants of the earth. Every appearance was against them. Some began to fear that God had at last left them to perish by the hand of the wicked. The next paragraph says, It was an hour of fearful, terrible agony to the saints. Day and night they cried unto God for deliverance. The picture I'm getting here is just like Revelation 14.12 says, here is the patience of the saints. How do we wait for God today when things we are expecting do not come to pass? Are we still patient? Do we have the quality of waiting on the Lord? The situations described in this reading signify trouble that seems like we don't have a way out. We cannot solve it by our own Selves. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can imagine. There's no way you can solve the problem. The only thing you're doing is to wait on who? God. And I want to believe that today, the Bible will also tell us in the book of James that we should not think it strange concerning the afflictions or the trials that come on us, but that they are there for the trial of our what? Of our faith. God will be also giving us that character by experiences to teach us how to have patience today because it will be required in that time. You know, if you're not patient today, you cannot be patient tomorrow except you've learned it today. So if God is teaching you patience like he taught Abraham for how many years before he had a child? Up to 100 years. Wait on God. God, Moses wanted to save the children of Israel at the age of what 40 wasn't so he wanted to save them from the egyptian slavery at the age of 40 but god said not like that just hold on it took more 40 years before god now trained that man to be able to fit into that work patience how to take care of the sheep i don't know what experience god will use to teach me patience i don't know what he'll use to teach you patience but we must allow ourselves to pass through that school to learn patience trust in god don't look for on holy means in order to get problems solved follow what god has said in his word if we stand by the word of god then the character for the time of trouble the time when things are not according to our plan will be formed within us today and i pray that the lord will do this work for us in jesus name amen well godson just said a lot of the things i was thinking about which is the experiences we pass through now that prepares us for this great mental anguish like i've said before i think there are situations god brings to us now that makes us pass through things like this and i'm just trying to review my own experiences and not just today a good number of times i used to review it and ask myself did i really pass this test because everything is a test when you are sacked from your job when people accuse you wrongly when you are threatened all those things you find out that you don't get everything right all the time it's, and that's the reason why we need these experiences, so that we know how to respond in a Christ-like manner. Now, it's prophesied that if we are going to be among these people, that when the people are asking them, why doesn't your God deliver you out of your hands? 
out of our hands. Why don't you go up and save your lives? The saints heeded them not. So today too, that's that's the same thing. If people are taunting you, uh, if your God is, as you said, why well, how come you are sick? I thought you say health reform is the, uh-huh. or say your God is the big God. How come this is happening to you and that? The the reply here is the saints heeded them not. And I'm not saying that maybe that may be the same the right response all the time, but I think in a general sense we are not to be worried over what people are taunting us with because that statement is to make them disbelieve God and then lose their faith in God and join the other side the the ranks of the wicked one that's why such statements are made is to make you feel that you you have trusted in lies that's the reason such statements are made to make you feel like your exactly your foundation is false so today things may be happening in our lives that may make us people may say to us talk to us as if our foundation is false we are to now develop that faith and say, I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. It's now we are to stand our ground in various issues. Getting a job, some, for some, it is at least just making ends meet. People, there are people who are standing for the right and because of that, they don't have a job. Some have not graduated from school. They are having life difficult. And people are asking them this same question. Your God, if you say your God is God, why doesn't he save you? It's said that these people continue to pray to God. So we too should learn that now. We shouldn't give up our faith. If we give it up now, certainly we will not even be available at this time. Because we will lose it now. So we need to learn to stand our ground presently today. So that we would have developed the faith that will make us stand at that time. Amen. I'm reading again the text before that I read, 269 Maranatha, paragraph 4. The decree will go forth that they must disregard the Sabbath of the fourth commandment and honor the first day or lose their lives. But they will not yield and trample under their feet the Sabbath of the Lord and honor an institution of the papacy. I had mentioned before about how to keep the Sabbath. About how to keep the Sabbath. So I will... Now see why what I think about this particular paragraph. We are told that in Revelation 13 verse 8 that all that dwell upon the earth shall worship the beast whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. And another text again, Revelation 3 says that those who overcome, their names will not be blotted out from the book of life. Those who overcome their sins those who keep the commandments in other words, who are keeping the commandments of God every day in anticipation for a holy time or a holy day in the Sabbath hours where they will meet with God and then receive of him his sanctifying grace. These individuals, their names will not be blotted out from the book of life. And they are they that will not worship the beast or honor the institution of the papacy. And then White wrote somewhere where she says that if we're going to stand courageously by that time, we should be able to say now, nay, to the institution of the papacy. How can we say that now? By keeping the commandments of God entirely. The man, the, the beast, and that name he has in the Bible is the man of sin or the man of lawlessness. He breaks the commandments of God. If you check the commandments of God, every one of them, he has broken them. Especially 
the Sabbath. But in all other, whether it comes to stealing, whether it comes to adultery, whether it comes to um, whether it comes to blasphemy, every one of the worshiping other gods, the beast has everything encoded in its system as its uh, code of conduct. Now, when we don't keep the Sabbath properly, even if we are attending a Seventh-day Adventist church, we are yielding, we are giving an honor to the institution of the papacy. Why? Because our names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we are worshipping that beast. We are worshipping the uh, Antichrist, the one who is substituting a day for Christ. The power, or what the beast uses to show that he is really, really Antichrist, is the change of the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. But his characteristics is what we have been, uh, what uh, I'm, I'm referring to, that we are to overcome by overcoming our sins. He is a man of lawlessness, man of sin. When we keep the commandments of God, we are overcoming the sins in our lives. And about that time, when this death decree will come, we will be able to say no, because we have been saying no to sin. Sin, not the beast now. We have been saying no to sin and all these forms where it is coming. But at that time, we will have the boldness to say no to the institution of the purpose when it's going to be enforced that all men should disregard the Sabbath because you have been keeping the Sabbath all this while. Every day of the week, as the morning dawns and as the evening goes away, you are asking grace to live above sin. You are asking grace to overcome every peculiarity in your, in your character that is against Jesus Christ. And then you are spending holy time with him during the Sabbath hours. Partaking of his holiness will make you to be impregnable to the assaults of Satan when he comes in like a flood. And when that time comes, when men's consciences are compelled by the, uh, by the beast and all his cohorts, you will not fall because you have been making God your sure refuge. He that abideth in the secret place of the Most High uh, shall abide under his... Shadow yeah, so... The shadow of the Almighty. That's Psalm 91 verse 1. But if we don't learn that now to abide in Christ, we'll, be, we'll fall that, that time. We'll honor the institution of the purpose, even starting from now. So I will restate that, that, uh, that which Eliwa said before, uh, which I don't have the quote now. It said that if we are going to stand at that time, we must have the courage to say no to the institution of the purpose now. May God help us so that um, we will overcome our sins as Jesus has promised and our names will be retained indeed in the book of life. Amen. Our Father and our God, blessed be your name forever. Oh, we thank you for this evening's devotion. Words from thy throne. Words, solemn words that are full of warning and comfort. We have seen what it is and what it will be like in the last days. Lord, he said many will suffer mental anguish. And then there will be confusion in the minds of your children. But you also promise that you will appear to take them home. You will deliver them from the the confusion that will be going on in the world at that time. And so, Lord, our prayer this evening is that you make us ready because we've heard of trouble, but we have not seen or hear anything of what it will be like in the last days. And so, Lord, we pray you prepare us 
and our strength for by it is not you say it's not by power it's not by might but it is going to be by thy spirit and so we want to be want to abandon ourselves want to to lean totally on thee to take us through this one and so before that time lord teach us to depend on thee daily and hourly and moment by moment even as we go into that time this is our prayer through christ our lord Amen. Amen.